0: Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta, glad to be with you because we are spending a great week here at Acton University 2022, exploring the intellectual foundations of a free and virtuous society. We have some great guests throughout the week. Um, you heard uh, Father Sirico yesterday, and uh, we've got some great guests lined up for the remainder of the program. I did want to go back in this first segment, though, to part, something I referred to yesterday when I was talking about the outstanding cases uh, of the Supreme Court. Uh, one of them did come down today, and that's the religious liberty case that I talked about yesterday. Uh, the, let me tell you a little bit about this. Uh, let me set up the case, because it's probably easier for you to understand uh, if you actually get a sense of uh, the difficult choices that parents had to make and the state of Maine's utter insensitivity to their concern. Uh, But we've got a case there uh, It was brought by Amy and David um, Carson. They have a daughter, Olivia, who uh, lives with them in Glenburn, Maine. Now, Glenburn has no public school system. And so families with school-aged children uh, uh, are eligible for a school choice program that pays tuition at either public or non-sectarian schools. Now, non-sectarian essentially means non-religious schools. So, in other words, they're, they'll pay tuition at a public school, and they'll pay tuition at private schools, as long as those private schools are not religious, they're not sectarian, as they say. Now, about 5,000 Maine students are eligible for this program, uh, But it excludes, I want to stress again, it excludes private schools that are associated with a particular faith or a belief system. It doesn't matter if they teach great academic subjects, as long as they have any connection to promoting the faith or belief system of some group. Uh, That means they are to be considered sectarian, and it means that there can be no tuition assistance uh, there. Now, the Carsons are alumni of Bangor Christian Schools. That's a through K-12 school in, in the nearby city of Bangor. But because Bangor Christian Schools mandates a Bible class, it's ineligible for the town tuition program, meaning that the Car- Carsons have to pay for Olivia's tuition. Well, you have to ask yourself, what is it about religious schools that aren't serving the public good? Right. I mean, religious schools teach subjects which help prepare their students to be good citizens, just like any other school system would. Uh, what's the danger there? So the, uh, the Carson parents got, a, got together with two other main families and decided they would file a lawsuit on this. So they did. And yesterday, as I have to say, I predicted Uh, the Supreme Court determined that Maine's policy barring students from this tuition assistance program because they are so-called religious or sectarian that that in fact is a form of religious discrimination and violates the free exercise clause of the First Amendment. Uh, Chief Justice John Roberts uh, wrote this Maine the state of Maine pays tuition for certain students at private schools so long as those schools are not religious. That's discrimination against religion. Now, a state's anti-establishment interest that is, you know, not wanting to establish a religion, a state's anti-establishment interest does not justify enactments that exclude some members of the community from an otherwise generally available public benefit simply because of their religious exercise. So, Having chosen to uh, fund private schools through its aid program, Robert said, Maine cannot disqualify some private schools simply because they're religious. So this, this uh, is, I thought it would go at six to three. I didn't know what the number would be on it. But uh, in, in time and again, we're beginning to see the Supreme Court clarify its position on some of these religious liberty issues. Uh, this has been developing uh, for a while. And I think that, you know, the, <laughs> the the three justices that voted against this, uh, I'm, I'll mention Stephen Breyer. Breyer tried to argue that for any funding going to a religious school works against the general purpose of state-mandated education Uh, to allow for an American society with practitioners of over 100 different religions and those who do not practice religion at all to live together without serious risk of religion-based social differences. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying that because we've got such religious diversity in America, we need the public schools to be what? the melting pot of everything here, so that we end up with some homogeneous civil religion that everybody's a member of? Are you saying that the United States, in its understanding of uh, principal pluralism, cannot tolerate uh, 100 different religions in a harmonious society? I mean, this is is an old, old, tired uh, understanding of the uh, First Amendment. Uh, This is, the mid-20th century saw a lot of this stuff, and it went, in fact, in the 1960s when it began to reach the Supreme Court. But this was the idea that the public schools are meant to be, quote, the common school. And so if you're uh, Catholic, if you're uh, uh, Jewish, uh, in this case now if you're Muslim, uh, you're actually a danger to the common school, Right. Uh, because your Muslim identity, your Catholic identity, your Protestant identity is somehow incompatible with an American identity. As you know, if you listen to this program very often, I think there is uh, an unsettled question about Islam and American identity. Uh, I'm willing to grant uh, Muslim Americans uh, an opportunity to demonstrate that uh, you know, faithful citizenship in the United States uh, is compatible with at least certain understandings of Islam. But it's looking at the history of Islam, it's not at all obvious that that's the case. So I think we still, it's going to take another generation or so to actually see how this plays out. But we have plenty of experience with Catholics and various types of Protestants, and certainly with Jews, to demonstrate that look, we go and we bleed in wars for this country. We, during the, you know, we at least used to pledge allegiance to the flag. Uh, So let's not uh, think that the religiously devoted citizen is a threat to American uh, solidarity. It's disgusting uh, to hear that. Now, each religious tradition has a responsibility, though, to retain its own uh, identity. Uh, you certainly don't want Catholic schools beginning to look like public schools. You want them to be Catholic schools. And uh, we had a situation in Worcester, Massachusetts recently where uh, Bishop McManus there, Robert McManus, had to strip a middle school of its uh, Catholic name. Uh, the Nativity School of Worcester is now prohibited from identifying itself as a Catholic school. So what is it uh, that they did? What well, they... They were flying the LGBTQ flag during Pride Month, and they're also flying the uh, Black Lives Matter flags. Uh, And Bishop McManus uh, wanted to make a point of saying that both those flags uh, aren't just showing solidarity uh, in the common humanity of homosexual people and uh, black men and women those flags represent a certain ideology a certain type of teaching a certain uh, set of ideas that are directly contradictory to the catholic faith so quote he writes the catholic church teaches that all life is sacred and the church certainly stands unequivocally behind the phrase black lives matter and strongly affirms that all lives matter however the Black Lives Matter movement has co-opted the phrase and promotes a platform that directly contradicts Catholic social teaching on the importance and role of the nuclear family and seeks to disrupt the family structure in clear opposition to the teachings of the Catholic Church. Now, we've said this before. When this whole thing began blowing up uh, a few years ago, we went and we went to the Black Lives Matter website website pulled down uh, pictures of its teachings and what it stood for and who it celebrated and one of the things that the Black Lives Matter uh, advocated was the abolition of what we would call the traditional family uh, or nuclear family Uh, you can't have, you can't be flying flags for organizations that want to abolish the family, it's that simple Uh, the LGBTQ plus flag uh, look the lobbyists, various lobbyists from the LGBTQ movement, all support same-sex so-called marriage. Um, and the Catholic Church doesn't. So you can't be flying flags outside your Catholic school, which are, in fact, direct contradictions of what the Catholic Church teaches. Now, some of these things seem so obvious to me that I don't know when to stop talking about it. Uh, it just, I just don't understand. Um, Bishop Mann is here uh, has gone out on a limb socially speaking but theologically and ecclesiastically he's on solid ground and we actually need more uh, bishops thinking critically about the identity of Catholic schools uh, I think we've all had the experience of various Catholic schools that are not proud of their Catholic identity and they do what they can to actually downplay it. Uh, they want to be part of more politically correct uh, movements, and they want to be identified with certain movements that, for some reason or other, they think are uh, make for human flourishing more than the teachings of the Catholic Church. So all I can say is, Bishop McManus, I'll let his words ring with you. He said the flying of these flags in front of a Catholic school sends a mixed confusing and scandalous message to the public about the church's stance in teaching uh, on important moral and social issues. So, thanks, uh, Bishop. Uh, I know it's an awkward, uncomfortable position to be in. Nobody wants to strip Catholic schools of their Catholic identity. But you're only doing, Bishop, you're only doing What the administration of that school had already done, it seems pretty clear, they had already dropped their Catholic identity. You're just burying it.